And now, Understanding the Times with Jan Markell, the program committed to helping you contend for the faith and view current events through the lens of the Bible. Here's Jan Markell. I know you lead busy lives, and I am honored that you take a few minutes to a couple of hours to join Understanding the Times Radio. This is the radio and the ministry committed to helping you understand the times, contend for the faith, and become watchmen on the wall. We are going to hit apologetics this hour, and actually the second hour, I believe, we'll go into apologetics as well. And let me just say this, as I kind of introduce this hour and the topic, and you have heard me use a term, a couple of terms, and maybe even three, and they all mean the same thing, and we're going to talk about that here in the next couple of minutes. Because there was a time not all that long ago when most conservative Christians, true Bible believers, embraced a doctrine of the end times known as dispensationalism. That theology is still embraced by many, thankfully, including many in my audience as I hear from you. But another such theology has arisen, almost taking its place. What is that? Well, the thing that has been taking over churches, particularly for the last, oh, 15, 20 years or so, it isn't new. It's gone by other names in years gone by, including even post-millennialism. But it now goes by several names, including Kingdom Now, Dominionism, and Reconstructionism. In a sentence, as Dr. David Reagan and I will look at more thoroughly in just a moment, This theology believes that we can have heaven on earth now if the church would just take back the earth. Now, understand there are variations on that. So not everyone who's into this stream believes exactly the same thing, but they all believe in variations of this. Now, let me just point out just a few, just a few I don't want to say highlights because they're lowlights, but anyway, this theology is born primarily out of the Manifest Sons of God movement, latter reign in the late 40s. Some things they believed, just bullet points. The Antichrist is a spirit, not a person. Armageddon, possibly an ongoing battle between the forces of light and darkness. They would rather follow traditional Bible prophecy, excuse me, rather than following traditional Bible prophecy, they follow new revelations. They want to restore the Eden nature uh, that once was, even though Eden is where sin began. But they would like to bring the earth back to Eden. Again, there are variations on that, and when that happens, then the Lord can return. Let me just say one more thing that I want to bring on, Dr. David Reagan that the church is not in the business of taking anything away from Satan but the souls of men. The world is a sinking Titanic, ripe for judgment, not Garden of Eden perfection. Jesus will take dominion of of the cleansed earth. For men to speak of doing that before the judgment of this earth, I believe, is spiritually arrogant. I encourage you to flee such false teachers, and they will be named this hour. God says in Isaiah 66, and I wonder, I can't help but wonder when I deal with apologetics and particularly 
apostasy if this is happening. God says in Isaiah 66, 3, I will choose their delusions. Now, whether this is God choosing a delusion, whether it's Satan, I don't know. But I believe that one of the reasons for so much confusion, false theology, apostasy today, I'm not sure the devil is behind all of it. Because God says in Isaiah, I will choose their delusions. Okay, there's no other way to interpret at least some of the verses that we have differing, possibly differing sources of delusion that are at the kind of on overdrive today in these last days. I want to welcome back to Understanding the Times Radio, the very familiar voice of Dr. David Reagan, who heads Lamb Lion Ministries. Hello, Dave Reagan. Well, hello, Jan. It sure is good to be with you today, and I'm looking forward to being with you soon at the conference up there. Yes, and David is one of our speakers at Understanding the Times 09, excuse me, 2010, and I will give you all those details in just a moment. It's October 8th, 9th. David, there are de- different names, and I'm going to name some of the names here behind this movement. I want your, I'm even going to make it, uh, some quotes. I'm going to quote some of them, and I, and I want your, uh, feedback on it. But, you know, I think, and you probably would agree with me, that people like this who believe that there's going to be perfection somehow, someday, apart from the Lord and the Lord's return, they do not understand the sin nature of man? I would agree, yes, absolutely. Uh, the whole uh, concept is based upon a fundamental misunderstanding of the nature of man. Uh, it's um, uh, The Bible teaches that man is inherently evil, uh, that uh, man is fallen, that there's nothing more uh, despicable than the human heart. And um, yet uh, these people believe in the inevitable progress of mankind, that things are going to get better and better through education, through proclaiming the gospel and so forth, until finally the church is going to take over the world and rule the world. Well, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me quote one of those who are sort of a leader in this movement and, and, and get your response. Earl Polk, because he's a major leader, I am not sure if he has is deceased. I don't know. Yes, he is. He has died. All right. But he at one time said most of the participants agree it will contain the good of all the previous moves of God and much more. This will be all-encompassing and will cross all barriers. When God releases his mighty wave, it's going to engulf everybody from Baptists to Episcopalians and from Episcopalians to Catholics and every denomination on the face of the earth. Uh, that is in Paul, I think he may be quoting Paul Cain in God Speaking the Second Time. Um, okay, so this movement is going to be cross-denominational. It's going to hit every denomination, they think. Uh, Earl Park, uh also, uh, you know, I have a quote here where he says we're little gods. Yes, and If yes. we would just, ex- uh, you know, exert our uh, deity that uh, is inherent in us as little gods, that we can uh, speak into existence uh, a reality, and that reality would be the church taking over the world. I mean, this is just off the wall, uh, Jan. He also says, um, let's see here, is it possible that there will be a people who so possess the authority of Almighty God as Elijah did that they 
as a group will say to death, hell, and the spirit of Satan, we will not die. We will stay here and be changed, and we will call Jesus Christ to return to this earth as King of kings and Lord of lords. Yes, that's what I believe the church must do. Now, statements that's like... The, that's the old manifest sons of God yeah. theology that uh, that we're going to evolve into perfect beings in the end times mm-hmm. and that we will be godlike and uh, that uh, some even argue that uh, we would not uh, be subject to death, that they could shoot at us and we would still be alive, you know, and all. Again, again, David, this goes back to almost science fiction theology, but but, but let me follow that comment up with a question. And that is this theology, and we're going to name some more leaders of it, that this theology is now rampant. Uh, Look, you've been in this eschatological world, actually maybe even longer than I have. When did you start hearing talk like this? Well, I uh, first, in, in the modern age, I first uh, began to run across it uh, in the, um, I guess probably, I would say in the 1970s, mm-hmm. uh, when um, Dominion Theology uh, became uh, uh, came to the foreground uh, under the writings of uh, Rosses Rushdoony and Gary yes. North. Yes, and. Um, Dominion theology, uh, uh, you mentioned it, is uh, is based upon, it, it's a reformed theology, and they, of course, replace Israel with the church, and uh, they argue that uh, it is the role of the church uh, to take over the world primarily uh, through uh, political action. Uh, they're very politically oriented, yes, and yes. they believe the church can, through the preaching of the gospel and political action, that the church would take over the world and uh, that they would put the world under the Old Testament laws. Uh, they believe very strongly that uh, the New Testament applies only uh, to after the church uh, after the Lord comes. Uh, but that uh, we would put the world under the Old Testament laws uh, of uh, Moses and uh, reign over all the world, and therefore the Lord could not come back for at least a thousand years after the church takes over the world. Bishop Polk. Uh, his version was called Kingdom Now, and it uh, was a, a little bit different, as you pointed out, in the sense that this is primarily characteristic of the charismatic movement, the hyper-charismatic movement. And uh, their theory is, no, uh, we're going to do this supernaturally. We're going to do it by speaking this into existence. Uh, we're going to do it by, for example, uh, having marches around cities and claiming those cities for the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and uh, engaging in all kinds of... Um, Weird activities to uh, uh, to bring down the uh, uh, the supernatural demons that are controlling these cities and replace them with angels who are um, uh, under the direct authority of God. And so you've got it, it's really strange. The two groups hate each other with a passion okay. uh, because the uh, the Dominion group is not charismatic at all, and the uh, charismatic group doesn't have any respect for the uh, Dominion group, and yet they came together in a coalition and put aside all their differences because they agreed that the purpose of the church is to take over the world and rule the world for at least a thousand years before Jesus Christ returns. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, this is this is pretty delusional. I do cover false theology of all sorts on this program, and, and some of it um, defies description. And, <laughs> and you wonder, I mean, how some folks can... And, I think what was going on, at least in the early 1900s, perhaps up until about World War One, 
and I'm going by memory here from some things I've read that people believe that this post-millennialism yeah. that um, is similar to all this. Let's leave it there. It's similar to all this. They, 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 they too, thought there could be more of a perfect world. And That's then, true. Oh, you know, uh, uh, Jan, really, uh, this is uh, a, a doctrine that goes back to the early uh, beginnings of Christianity because about 400 A.D., uh, you had Augustine come up with the whole concept of amillennialism. Yes. And the Catholic Church bought that hook, line, and sinker, mm-hmm. and it became the official doctrine of the Catholic Church and is to this day. And part of that was dominion theology. But we have to define, define the word amillennialism. Yeah, well, amillennialism is the belief that uh, the millennium is spiritual in nature, that it started at the cross and it will continue until Jesus Christ returns. It's not just a thousand-year literal reign here on the church, uh, earth. It, it spiritualizes all of Bible prophecy. And so what happened is the Roman Catholic Church bought into that because yep. part of that idea was that the church is the kingdom, and therefore the Pope would be the vicar of Christ, and it is the responsibility of the church to reign over all the world and to bring the kingdom of God from heaven down to earth. And so that has always been Catholic theology and is until this day. It didn't become Protestant theology until the uh, 1500s, I believe it was, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, the 1600s, when a Unitarian minister by the name of Daniel Whitby, who didn't even believe in the divinity of Jesus, developed the whole concept of post-millennialism, the belief that the church would, would eventually take over the world through the preaching of the gospel and that the world would be Christianized and that the church would reign for a thousand years and Jesus Christ would come back. It was a, it was an expression of the uh, belief in man that was rampant at that time in the 1600s, uh, the idea that um, there's no limit to what man can do. It's a very humanistic concept. And then the interesting thing, Jan, is that at the beginning of the 20th century, nearly all Protestant denominations were post-millennial. Nearly all of them believed that the 20th century was going to be the century when the church would take over the world and reign over all the earth. And then yeah. the 20th century began, and we had <laughs> World War One, the yeah. Great Depression, World War Two, mm-hmm. and and postmillennialism was just blown away and uh, ceased to exist, really, because very few people could believe in the inevitable progress of mankind. And then suddenly, in the 70s, all this began to be revived with Dominion theology, and then with the charismatic movement and the hyper charismatic movement with the uh, Kingdom Now concept. But you know, Jan, really, even before that, in the 1920s and 30s, your mainline Protestant denominations uh, really bought into this because they began to say that the real purpose of the church was not the preaching of the gospel. Mm-hmm. The real purpose of the church was social justice and bringing about a better society. And they began to buy into the idea that the church was supposed to go out and get involved in all kinds of politics and elect certain people and make the society a better society. It's called the social gospel. Mm-hmm. So it's been around, you know, in many different terms, many different ways. Right. And now the very latest manifestation of it is among evangelicals, and that's in the emerging church movement with Brian McLaren. Yeah. I appreciate how you uh, summarized that, um, David. And I th- I'm also glad because we need to acknowledge the fact that conservative Christianity slash evangelicalism has embraced some of this, certainly yeah. not across the board, not across the board, but there are those that are that are embracing at least forms of this. Again, folks, there are so many tentacles here. We're not saying every single person who's 
into this stream believes absolutely everything that we're talking about, but they, but many believe a lot of it. Now, David, I'm just wondering if, if some are thinking like this. I, I happen to catch a quote here. If Jesus was coming, why has it not happened already? He's not here. So we need to take over for him. Where is Jesus? It's always been the same. We need well, to do well, something or it will not happen. Well, the Bible answers that question. I know. In Second Peter chapter I know. 3, when it says the only reason that the Lord has not returned is because the Lord wishes more people to be saved. Yeah. <laughs> but right. I'm going to give you a, 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 just a bone-chilling example of, of what's going on right now. Brian McLaren, who is the leader of the Emergent Church Movement, about a year ago in Seattle, Washington, and a friend of yours and mine, Eric Barger, actually saw this himself. Uh, Brian McLaren held a conference in Seattle, Washington. He got up and preached a sermon in which he said, the church has always misinterpreted John 3.16. And boy, that caught Eric's attention. Mm -hmm. And then he began to say, when John 3.16, when it said God so loved the world, it wasn't talking about people. It was talking about the creation. It was talking about the cosmos. And that the real purpose uh, here is to be good stewards of the environment and to take good care of God's creation. And he ended the whole thing by inviting people to come forward, not to be saved, but to come forward. And he had barrels across the front with with dirt in them, and he asked people to come forward and stick their hands in the barrels and feel the dirt, and as they did that, to recommit themselves to be good environmentalists and to take care of the earth. Mm -hmm. Now, that, this is just, you know, out of fantasy land. <laughs> I know I call it science fiction. I know. <laughs> But, well, but this is the concept. Uh, you know, it, it's a concept that uh, it, it ends up with people clinging to the earth mm -hmm. rather than hoping for heaven. That's exactly the right. The idea of it, it's a temporal delusion that uh, it's all here and we're to work hard here to build a kingdom here and, and not to look uh, for heaven. You know, Jan, never in the Bible does it say that the purpose of the church is to go out and build a kingdom of God on earth. Our purpose is to go out and share the gospel yeah. and, uh, and, and bring people into uh, uh, the church and to disciple them. Well, David, let me ask you a question. Where do we put, and this statement is, is not, it's not really um, a Rick Warren bashing statement. I just have a question. David, where do we put someone like Rick, and there are many others, who, I mean, he comes up with a global peace plan, and he does want to wipe out AIDS and, and, and poverty, and others like him say that we've got to get rid of global warming, and, and then the earth might be at least more perfect. But, but let's go back to my question. Where would we put a Rick Warren? Because his global peace plan is just that. It's a global plan to bring a certain kind of peace to the whole Well, I don't planet. think there's any doubt that uh, he has bought into uh, this whole concept of dominion, uh, kingdom now theology, that uh, his whole peace plan is to bring about a more perfect earth, and uh, uh, that is just not what the church is all about. Certainly we should be concerned about social issues like abortion and yeah. homosexuality and things like that, and we should speak out on those, but our primary purpose is the salvation of souls. And, and we're never going to be able to uh, uh, bring about the kingdom of God on this earth because of the fallen nature of man. And, and, you know, Jesus taught that. Jesus said point blank 
that the vast majority of all people are going to end up on the wide road to hell and not mm-hmm. the narrow road mm-hmm. to life. The, para- the, 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 the parable of the sower, one in four, uh, we're receiving the gospel. The idea that the whole world is one day going to receive the gospel is just fantasy. All right, let me use another name here. <clears throat> Rick uh, Joyner. And folks, I know there are many of you listening, and you do think Rick is a modern-day prophet. But let me just say a couple of words about him. First of all, because he's involved in this this movement, and again, folks, I'm resetting the stage if you join me late. You are listening to Understanding the Times Radio. Jan Markell, your host. My guest is Dr. David Reagan, Lamb Lion Ministries. Look him up. At lamblionblankenout.com. Did I say it right? Dot com? Yes, that's right. Yeah, lamblion.com. For a lot more information, articles, TV programs, check out his TV program, Christ in Prophecy. I've seen it many, many times. It's highly professional, a lot of great information. So, that, and David is one of my speakers at Understanding the Times 2010, along with Mark Hitchcock, Gary Kaw, and Mike Gendron. October 8th, 9th. Now, I just used the name here of Rick Joyner. Uh, first of all, let me just quickly add, Rick is one of those who supposedly reinstated Todd Bentley not that long ago, a year ago perhaps, said he was uh, rehabilitated even though during all of his so-called crusades he was having an affair with another woman. It uh, didn't take long, and all of us said Bentley would be back someday. Now, remember, Bentley is the guy who in his so-called healing crusades would uh, take his biker boot and kick people in the face as hard as he could. And then he said, well, then came the anointing. He also used his biker boot to kick a stomach cancer patient so hard the guy died a couple of days later. But And then it was discovered that Bentley was leading an immoral life and, and so forth and so forth. Who comes along to restore him but Rick Joyner? Now, Rick's involved in some of this Dominion theology. Uh, He says, quote, What is about to come upon the earth is not just a revival or another awakening. It is a veritable revolution. The vision was given in order to begin and to awaken those who are destined to radically change the course and even the very definition of Christianity. David, that bugs the daylights out of me because everybody's got to change Christianity, redefine Christianity, change the very definition of Christianity. But what Rick is referring to is changing the definition of Christianity to make the earth perfect. Well, and and Rick uh, is a classic example of of what we need to be very careful of, and that is when a person comes along and claims to be a prophet, everything that they prophesy needs to be tested by the Scriptures. And he is one of those uh, hyper-charismatics who says that uh, there's going to be this great revival in the end times, and millions of people are going to come into the kingdom, and when that happens, the church will take over the world. Well, that needs to be tested by the Word of God. And, Jan, you know as well as I do what the Word of God says about the church in the end times is the exact opposite of that. It says that the end time church is going to be a church of apostasy. It's going to be a church full of heresy, a church that is going to be uh, 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 with cultic groups, 
a church that's going to be uh, uh, preaching messages to tickle people's ears. It is not a pretty picture of the end-time church, and it certainly never talks about this great end-time revival that's going to bring people all over the world into the church. I wish that were the case, but it's not the case. That's not what the Bible says. Actually, you are also going to address a little bit of this at uh, one of your other messages at Understanding the Times 2010. Yes, I am. I'm going to get very specific about it, in fact. You know, Jan, when I think about all this, I think of Colossians 3, verse 1 through 4, which says, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not Mm -hmm. on things Mm -hmm. on the earth. We are to be heavenly minded. That means that doesn't mean we're to be no earthly good, but it means we're to be heavenly minded. We're to realize that's our home. We're to realize that the kingdom is going to come to this earth only when the Lord Jesus Christ comes and establishes it Himself. We're not. Uh, you see what the what these people do is they reverse what Bible prophecy says. Bible prophecy says the Lord will come, establish His kingdom on this earth, bring peace, righteousness, and justice to the world, and we who are saved will rule with Him in glorified bodies over those who are in regular. Uh, natural bodies. But uh, these people are saying, oh, no, 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 no. The church is going to conquer the world. The Mm -hmm. church is going to reign over the world. And after the church has reigned for a thousand years, then the church will present the kingdom to Jesus Christ. So we're going to do it without him. (laughs) It's just the opposite of what Bible prophecy teaches. Well, David, I have said for a long time, and I know you would say the same thing because um, I know you so well, and that is if you don't understand the proper interpretation of the theology of the last days, nothing will make sense. Everything will be upside down. If you are into whatever we're talking about here, kingdom now, preterism, yes. amillennialism, nothing will make sense. What you and I believe, and what we take out of the Bible, makes current events, make all, makes all the sense in the world. Yes. Well, I, Jen, let me just mention one thing, and that I've done a lot of reading over the years in, in uh, of these fellows, and I've noticed something. It doesn't matter whether they're Reformed, Dominionists, or whether they're hyper-charismatic uh, kingdom now. There are three verses in the Bible that they use to justify their position, and I think we ought to take a look at those three verses. The first one is Acts 3, verse 21, and they always quote it as saying, Jesus must remain in heaven until all things have been restored. That's the way they quote the verse. But that is not what the verse says. The verse says Jesus will remain in heaven until the time comes for the restoration of all things. Mm -hmm. And and that's going to occur when he comes back. The restoration of all things is going to occur when he comes back. So their very cornerstone verse is one that they misquote by saying it says Jesus must remain in heaven until all things have been restored. No, it says he must remain in heaven until the period of the restoration of all things or the times of the restoration of all things. And, and that's it means exactly what it says. He will remain in heaven until it's time for the restoration of all things, and then he will turn and restore the creation, and he'll restore God's dominion over the creation. Their second verse is Matthew twenty four fourteen. Uh, they say that uh, this verse says the gospel of the kingdom must be preached in the whole world, and then the end will come. And so they say, see, that verse requires that the whole world be converted to Christ before he returns. Well, that's not what the verse says. It says the gospel will be preached to the whole world before the end comes. It doesn't say the whole world is going to accept the gospel. 
It says the whole world's going to hear the gospel. And actually, the full, ultimate fulfillment of that's going to take place right near the end of the tribulation when God sends forth what's called the, what I call the gospel angel, find it in Revelation 14, who will literally circumnavigate the globe and preach the gospel to every person on planet Earth, giving them a last chance to accept the gospel before the Lord Jesus Christ returns. And then their third verse is Romans 8, 19. And that verse says, The anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. And this is interpreted to mean that the creation will be redeemed as the church matures, purifies, and spreads its influence over the earth. But the context of this passage makes it very clear that the verse is talking about the resurrection of the saints, not the maturing of the saints. They argue that it says, well, as we mature and we become more and more like Jesus and we become superhumans and we take over the earth, then the Lord will come. But that's not the... It's the revealing of the sons of God, and the revealing of the sons of God occurs at the resurrection. It is the resurrection of the saints and not the maturing of the saints. Very good. I'm so glad you you gave those biblical references because it's one thing for you and I to go back and forth bantering here, but to give the biblical evidence is so important. And so, folks, I hope you wrote those scriptures down. Because and, and that's it. That's that's the three scriptures that yeah, they uh, yeah. that they use. That, and yet, on the other hand, you've got Jesus in Matthew seven thirteen and fourteen saying that few there will be that will ever find the uh, gate to life, and wide is the road that leads to destruction. In Matthew thirteen, you've got the parable of the sower, one out of four accepting the gospel. Uh, in Matthew twenty eight, the great commission is to go forth and preach the gospel and make disciples, not to build an earthly kingdom. And in John 18:36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. It will be one of these days when he returns. But right now, it's a spiritual kingdom. Uh, but it's going to become a, a literal kingdom when he returns to reign in glory and majesty from Mount Zion in Jerusalem. But it's not going to happen until he comes back. Okay, i got a hard break I'm coming up against. And we're going to continue this on the other side of that break. And I want to talk to David Reagan. Again, lamblion.com. I want to talk to him a little bit about at least... Have him tease you on one of the messages he's giving at Understanding of Times 2010, America and the End Time Prophecies of Paul. We'll talk about some other things as well when we get back. Again, all programming done Saturday morning out of AM 980KKMS and AM 1280 The Patriot in the Twin Cities is posted to my website, olivetreeviews.org. Sunday evening at Radio Archives, olivetreeviews.org. I'm coming back in a blink. Please don't go away. A reminder to Radio Archive listeners and podcasters that the Understanding the Times radio show is totally listener-supported. We air on several radio stations, which allows us to bring our programming to you. Would you consider a tax-deductible donation to Olive Tree Ministries for the radio outreach? You can send a check to Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. That's Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. You can also donate and order safely online at olivetreeviews.org or call 763-493-3010. And thanks for partnering with this ministry committed to helping you understand the times and contend for the faith. Will gather the nations 
Welcome back to Jan Markell's Understanding the Times. Here's Jan Markell. Thank you for sticking with me for part two of this hour. We're going to re- rejoin Dr. Dave Reagan in just a minute. I just need to tell you real quickly that um, you can always order my free print newsletter, Understanding the Times. You can do so on my website, olivetreeviews.org, or give my office a call anytime. If no one's here, leave a voicemail for us and ask for Understanding the Times, the print version, 763-493-3010, Sign up for my e-newsletter on the homepage of my website, olivetreeviews.org. And you can always order, I often talk about CD subscription for $25 a month. Please call us on that, folks, because we do need to use credit cards on that. You can always order a single CD of any particular hour that you want for a very, very small donation. And some of you think you need to be CD subscribers. No, you do not. I'll say more a little bit about the conference a little bit later as we come to the end of uh, the hour here. But right now, let me reset the stage as I rejoin my conversation with Dr. David Reagan, lamblion.com, lamblion.com. That is his ministry, Lamb Lion Ministries. And we started talking out that there are many factors that make up the growing apostasy and the seduction of the church. One of the most alarming and least understood and fastest spreading errors is the teaching that the earth instead of heaven is the ultimate home for the church and that her goal is to take over the world and establish the kingdom of God. The church, folks, people, humans, sinful, fallen nature people can, are supposed to do this. Only then, it is said, can Christ return, well, um, to take his father's house as he promised his disciples in John 14, but to reign over the kingdom which we have established for him. Imagine the absurdity. Friends, listen to that again. To reign over the kingdom which you and I have established for him. David, is that close to being blasphemy? I'm sorry, what, would, what, what was the is question? That, is, is that close to being blasphemy? Uh, it certainly is. And you know, uh, Dan, I got a little bit tickled when you were talking about uh, fallen man trying to create the kingdom of heaven on earth. Uh, it reminded me of, the, of a person who tried to do that, and that was John Calvin. He tried to do it in Geneva, mm-hmm. and he set up uh, what he claimed was the kingdom of, heaven, of God on earth, and it turned into a totalitarian dictatorship where people were... Uh, sentenced to death if they tried to argue with Calvin, if they laughed at a sermon, if they didn't dress right. And so it was just unbelievable what happened there. Uh, well, I won't elaborate on this, but Calvin certainly has a whole lot of followers in spite of his character. And I will stop my comment right there, okay? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they can go back and look for themselves at what happened when they tried to do that. I know, but he came up with a theology that I'm not wild about. So anyway... <laughs> Um, David, I think that, you know, one hears a great deal. I mean, we hear a great deal about Christ returning only when the church, as we've talked about, maybe unified, vibrant, forceful, spotless, wrinkle-free, etc. And there's no, there's no scripture to support this teaching. You have given scripture this hour, which is completely 
the opposite of this kind of thinking, but they're and then you've given some scripture which they misinterpret and and yep. and that was very helpful because that I think is what they draw on, but in like you said, they misinterpret it so grossly. That's that's true. Uh, there's just no doubt about that. This is just not a biblical concept. <laughs> well, but I can see, though, they would say it's a biblical concept because they're taking the verses you gave and they're yeah. misinterpreting them. So they would say this is a biblical concept. Yeah. But it is not if they were to interpret that properly. That's right. All right. One more word here. I just want to say another word about Rick Joyner uh, because uh, Rick just has legions and legions and legions of followers. He is invited to conferences nonstop. I, I, I ask these conference leaders, where is your discernment? Again, this is a guy who goes up to heaven and has conversations with, with very important people. And folks, no one can do that. I'm sorry. I hate to take down your little God, but he can't do that. In fact, that is uh, something that uh, uh, the Bible warns us yeah. directly against, is a communication with the dead. Exactly. King Saul was condemned because of it. Well, this guy's lauded. Um, every conference I, I see uh, across the country and even the world, you know, he's one of the featured speakers. And folks, please exercise some discernment with this guy. Here's another quote of Joyner. He says, and we're still a little bit on this topic, and I'm going to leave this topic in a little bit here, but Joyner says it will be said of the apostles soon to be anointed that they have turned an upside-down world right side up. Uh, Dave Reagan, our, our world is upside down, absolutely. Right is wrong, wrong is right. Up right. is down, down is up. We're all, everyone, we feel like we've fallen into Alice's Wonderland. We're, we're having tea with the Mad Hatter. It's simply gone insane. However, uh, for, for Rick to say, and what he's saying is the church is gonna, is gonna turn all this around. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not gonna happen, unfortunately. The church, uh, uh that's then the role of the church. The role of the church is to save souls. Absolutely. And, uh, disciple, uh, them and uh, get people ready for heaven and get them ready for the coming of the Lord. All right, let me ask you one more question on this particular topic. Um, and that is, where do you feel that um, uh, just, a, just a Christian leader that has, um, I don't know, I would have no idea how many followers he has. I just know that there are legions of followers, and I'm, I'm concerned they're following a false Pied Piper, and that would be C. Peter Wagner. Does he fit into the mold we're talking about today? Oh, absolutely. I then mean, I'm Peter glad Wagner I is up. one of the leaders of yep. the whole concept of the church taking over the world. Absolutely. All right. Well, Wagner has a whole bunch of people under him, and there's so many we can't even get into naming them all. But in other words, if if we start hearing the quotes of C. Peter Wagner, we need to know that on these issues we're talking about, he is way out, way way off base. Yeah, he has a book called "Breaking Strongholds in Your City and Confronting the Powers," in which he argues all kinds of methodologies for taking dominion. Uh, and these are prayer journeys and spiritual mapping and strategic level spiritual warfare and uh, all kinds of stuff. And and even Jack Hayford, mm -hmm. who spent many years involved in this, uh, recently uh, trying to transform Los Angeles for Christ by, by following all these methods that uh, Peter Wagner had outlined, 
just candidly admitted his failure. He said, my city is still being torn on the inside mm-hmm. by gang violence and murder, polluted by homosexuality and pornography, and suffocated with pride, self-centered snobbishness, and sensuality on the show side. It's enough to self-destruct us. And he just admitted that the, that the methodology didn't work. Very good, I think. Folks, I'm sorry, but we do tell the inconvenient truth on this program, and that's what I've tried to do for ten and a half years doing it. And I, I do. I would say I want to apologize if I've offended you, and in a way I do want to apologize. But, but by telling the truth, we are always offending, and that's what contending for the faith results in, and uh, <laughs> I lose a lot of supporters. Um David, let me just shift gears here just a little bit because, again, David Reagan, again, lamblion.com, is going to be one of our speakers at Understanding the Times 2010. He's going to be speaking twice. We'll have March Hitchcock. He's speaking twice. Gary Kahn, Mike Gendron. This is October 8th, 9th, coming up here around the corner, and it's at Grace Church Eden Prairie, which is a southwest suburb of Minneapolis, uh, Friday night, 7 p.m., Saturday morning, 9 a.m., and no charge, no cost, no registration, just show up. That's all you need to do. And one of the messages David Reagan's going to be presenting, we just want to tease you with it a little bit, is titled America and the End Time Prophecies of Paul. Uh, give us a little, oh, I don't care, some, some paragraphs, David, on what this is all about. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to focus in on uh, what Paul has to say about the end times in two remarkable prophecies that he gives. And one is uh, the prophecy in Romans uh, chapter 1, mm-hmm. where he is talking both about Noah's society and then yes. what the society will be like in the end times. Because Jesus said it's going to go full circle, and when he returns, society will be like it was in the times of Noah. And then the other one I'm going to talk about is in Second uh, Peter chapter uh, three, uh, where he, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, in Second uh, Timothy, in Second Timothy, where he talks about what the end time society will be like. Second uh, Timothy chapter three, and these are very, very detailed descriptions of what society will be like in the end times. And I'm going to take those and I'm going to apply them to the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to show that I believe that although we are not specifically mentioned in Bible prophecy, that we have a prophetic type in Bible prophecy, and that prophetic type is the ancient nation of Judah. And I'm going to show the parallels of, 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 of why we are like ancient Judah and why we are, uh, are headed toward the same destiny that they suffered if we don't repent. Well, I can tell you, folks, um, Dr. Dave Reagan goes over with a big hit at our conferences. He he usually sells out of materials Friday night. I hope you're going to reconsider that this year, David. Well, Jan, your conferences are always beautifully organized, uh, and, uh, uh, and and you just conduct them in such a wonderful way. If that's the reason that your conference is absolutely one of the largest ones in the entire nation. I don't know of any one that's larger than yours. And it, it's a, just a great compliment to you and your ministry. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Um, okay. So that's that's one of your – but the other message you're going to talk about is uh, – it's in the same vein of what this hour has been about, and that is how the once solid church, at least the theology that encompasses most churches and denominations, has gone off kilter 
here in the last 20 years or so. Uh, do you want to say anything specific Well, I'm just going to speak that? about the, the title of spiritual apostasy in the end times. And basically what I'm going to do is look at the prophecies concerning the church in the end times. And I'm going to give examples as we go along because uh, people need to see uh, how this is coming. You know, uh, these prophecies are being fulfilled before our very eyes. So yeah, I'm going to really... get pretty specific about some of them, but we're going to talk about uh, what the Bible says about the church in the end times. Yeah, and, but I don't think a lot of people alive today thought that they would live to see what's going on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if 20 years ago, if you told me what was going to go, uh, yeah. that within 20 years what's going on today would be going on, I would have died laughing, so there couldn't be. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's happening exponentially. I mean, it's just unbelievable how fast it's happening. And I... there is no denomination that is immune, none. Absolutely. That, that that's. I'm so glad you said that. And as we were talking about this uh, kingdom now, it's it goes by many names, folks. Kingdom now, dominionism, reconstructionism. It's gone by other names in the past too, uh, as as well. Um, and I I brought up the fact that there are very very good people today, evangelicals, who are out there trying to get rid of AIDS, get rid of poverty, these kinds of things, and that, that this sentiment now crosses all denominations. I don't think that it would be fair to say this is just a hyper-charismatic issue. I, mean, I believe that this thing is now, kingdom now, is now touching not every church, but has its tentacles reaching into every denomination, Absolutely. including your evangelical free church, including Absolutely. your... Your solid Baptist church down at the end of the street here, every denomination. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely no doubt. I I'm going to show that in my presentation. All right, fine. All right. Well, folks, come on out. Now, I want to ask you another question. I think we'll probably leave this issue okay. of the uh, kingdom now. I, but, you know, here's the thing, David. I refer to this reconstructionism and kingdom now and the all the other names that it goes by i refer to it all the time i drop that name in and i know there are tons and tons of people and particularly new listeners to understanding the times radio that haven't a clue what i'm talking about <laughs> and and it, it requires that it, you know we go back and take a take 45 minutes to an hour to help them understand the apologetics behind some of this theology so that's why I do this occasionally. So I mean, I just uh, I, we can't just be throwing out you know all millennialism and all these terms, and people say, "What on earth is that?" and turn the radio off. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, wanted to say also ask you, we are about uh, well, we're two thirds of the way through, almost three fourths of the way through 2010. What do you feel? Let's take the whole decade. I don't know where the decade went. I fell, I fell asleep in 2001, and I woke up in 2010. There you go. <laughs> I can't understand it. Uh, anyway, what would you consider, let's take the decade, to be the top two or three issues that have hit us as it concerns the doctrine of the end times here in uh, the last decade? Well, Jan, there are so many uh, because we're just seeing uh, – things fulfilled before. It's an exciting time. We're seeing prophecy fulfilled before our very eyes. And uh, I would just, uh, let me name three right quickly uh, mm -hmm. that uh, jump out at me, but uh, 
uh, it, it just depends on the person you ask. I, I would say, uh, first and foremost, is what's going on in Israel. Uh, mm-hmm. There are many, many prophecies about Israel in the end times. There are four that I think are the most important. One is the regathering of the Jews from the four corners of the earth. The second is the reestablishment of the state. The third is the reconquering of the city of Jerusalem, all of which occurred in the 20th century. Now, the final of those four, the one, the last prophecy mentioned before the tribulation begins, is the one that's occurring right now, mentioned in Zechariah 12, and that's the whole world will come together against Israel Mm -hmm. over the issue of Jerusalem, and that is exactly where we are. The whole world is coming together against uh, Israel over Jerusalem, including the United States of America. Uh, The Vatican is saying, give it to them and let them uh, run it. Uh, The United Nations is saying, give it to them and let them internationalize it. The Arabs are saying they want all of it. The United States is saying, let's divide it and give half to the Arabs and half to the Jews. The whole world is coming together. And to me, this is one of the most important prophecies we're seeing fulfilled before our very eyes. A second one I would mention occurred in December of 2009. And that was when the European Union adopted a constitution and ceased to be simply a economic union and now has become a political union, and uh, uh, which uh, is verified by the fact that just recently, about a week ago, they uh, petitioned the United Nations to give them special uh, uh, attention in the United Nations with special votes in both the Security Council and in the uh, uh, United Nations General Assembly because they are now a superpower. So they are no longer just an economic entity, they are a political entity, and to me we are seeing the formation of the old Roman Empire coming back together just as was prophesied by Daniel over 2,500 years ago. And I'm down to 30 seconds, David. Okay, and the third and final one I would mention is the one we've been talking about, and that is the absolutely exponential increase in apostasy in the church. Thank you. I I would agree with you wholeheartedly. We'll talk more about these things again on October 8th, 9th. David, I want to thank you so much. Um, Thank you for your your ministry. Visit his website, lamblion.com, and... Sign up Family, for I say that uh, I know you've got some surgery coming up soon, and I want to ask people mm-hmm. to pray for you, pray earnestly for you, pray for the doctors to have supernatural wisdom, for the surgery to be completely successful, Thank you. and for you to be relieved of all pain. Thank you, folks. Um, since David said that, I need to tell you this is really my last of uh, this Saturday airing now. Uh, will be my last programming for a while. Uh, Brandon House will be sitting in for me heavily. And I'm going to come back just as soon as possible. I don't know when that is going to be. Hopefully a few weeks. However, because of the severity of the problem, and I don't want to say any more, it could be a few months. Well, Jan, you've got a lot of people who love you, and they're all going to be praying for you. Uh, folks, if you want to be kept up to date, email my office, olivetreeviews.org. Would you? Olivetreeviews.org. Just email my office, and we'll send you a link where you can keep up to date. Uh, David, thank you again, and, and I know your contribution to Understanding the Times 2010 will be equally cutting edge as it was in, let's see, Oh seven, oh eight, oh seven, oh eight, and I think I'm missing one in there. Oh six, oh six, oh seven, and oh eight. So you're coming back for the fourth time. That doesn't happen to too many of our speakers. <laughs> well, thank you, Jan. <laughs> okay, thanks, David. We'll, we'll see you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, I need to wind up this particular okay. hour. Again, folks, top of the hour, we're going to be changing topics. We talked to Mike Gendron, so we're going to continue on with the theme of apologetics with Mike.
who also is one of our uh, speakers at uh, 2010, Understanding the Times 2010. Remember that all programming goes up on my website, all the live programming done Saturday out of Minneapolis-St. Paul goes up on my website, olivetreeviews.org. Go to Radio Archives, Sunday evening. And again, we can all, you can always order a single CD. And I would encourage you strongly, if you don't care to have a lot of paper coming into your house, just sign up for my e-newsletter on the homepage of olivetreeviews.org. Folks, want to remind you, Understanding the Times 2010, October 8th, 9th, to join us Friday night, 7 p.m., Saturday morning, 9 a.m. We've got a great day and a third planned for you at Grace Church Eden Prairie. Some of our speakers include Dr. Dave Reagan speaking on spiritual apostasy in the end times and also America and the end time prophecies of Paul. Another one of our guests will be Gary Ka with his message, A Patriot Chronicles the Formation of a Shadow Government. Mike Gendron will be talking on Evangelicals and Catholics Together. Is this another road to the one world religion? Mark Hitchcock We'll be talking on Rushing Towards Midnight, how the signs of the times are in overdrive. And he will also be speaking on our blessed hope, the imminent rapture of the church. Folks, there is no charge. There's no registration. Just show up. We will take a free will offering. Show up to Grace Church Friday night, October 8th. We begin at 7. Saturday morning, October 9th, we begin at 9 a.m. Do you think we're going to have things to talk about at this event? Have you looked at the tide of our times lately? Well, we're going to try to make sense of all that. We're also going to contend for the faith. We're going to help you become watchmen on the wall. And we just really encourage you to come out. And you'll also be uplifted with others from all around the country, from probably 20 states who come to support one another, who come to learn, who come to be informed, because guess what? They can't find this information anywhere. They can't get it in their pulpit. So come, you'll have fellowship, you will have spiritual edification, you'll have information. You will go home a different person. Thank you again. Mark your calendar, October 8th, 9th. Grace Church, Eden Prairie, southwest suburb of Minneapolis. I want to thank you for all of you listeners, your friendship, particularly your prayers, particularly for this last year, which has been very trying on myself. I am coming back at the top of the hour. I don't want you to go away because we're going to contend for the faith once again. That's part of what this ministry does. Please don't touch that dial. I'll be back in two minutes. If Jan Markell's radio outreach has helped you understand the times, would you consider a tax-deductible donation to Olive Tree Ministries? You can write to Box 1452, that's Box 1452, Maple Grove, Minnesota, 55311. 
or call 763-493-3010, 763-493-3010. You also can order and donate safely online at olivetreeviews.org. And thanks for listening to Understanding the Times.